Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bob Stoffer in Ice District. Rogers Place, Oilers final preseason tilt tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. Time for the Oilers Now Headliner, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we welcome back to the show. He'll be joining us all season long. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, popular former Oilers player and analyst, Louis DeBrusque. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well today. How are you doing? Good. Yesterday, Brian Lawton came on the show and said his bold prediction on end. the NHL Network is that the Edmonton Oilers were going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Oh. You know what? Swinging for the fences. Nothing wrong with that. I think that, you know what, everybody has their opinion. And, and what's not to like about the Oilers when you look at them? They've got two of the best players in the league, the best player in the league. Um, they've got a goaltending tandem that's gotten them in the playoffs two years in a row, and they're expecting to to have that combination again moving forward and potentially get in there for a third straight year, which hasn't happened in a long, long time. And that's what you have to do. You have to get yourself to the dance and see what happens. And obviously they'd like to have more success in the playoffs and and find a way to get past that first round. But uh, I like what Ken Holland's done too. I look at the team and how he's built the forward group up and Duncan Keith and an acquisition in the back end along with Cody CeCe. I mean, this is an exciting time of year. It's always uh, exciting to see what, players are going to what impact they're going to have on a team stepping into the the last few exhibition games and into the regular season and there's all that uh, that hope that uh, the moves you made in the offseason will work for you and we'll see what happens louie it's interesting you use the word impact and we know zach hyman's going to be an impact player for the edmonton Oilers. i mean the guy was in the three-game series last year in edmonton in february uh he might have been toronto's best player in that uh, three-game set and yes, the Poliarvi, we weren't sure when training camp broke last January in the <laughs> shortened 2021 season what we were going to get out of Poliarvi. By the end of the year, he was a pretty good complimentary player. Uh, through preseason, and I know you've watched a bunch of the games, he looks like he too could be an impact player this year for Edmonton, Louie. Oh, it's, you know, he's poised for a real big year, I think. And I know you've you've mentioned it a few times, and... You know, you just watch the confidence he's playing with right now, and I think that's so crucial for any young player, but any player that kind of went through what Yessa went through, you know, came in, you know, kind of hit a wall a little bit, went back home, played some good hockey, came back for a second stint in North America in the NHL, and he came in with a real great attitude. I mean, what don't you like about his game right now? He's big. He's really fast for a big guy. He gets in aggressively, disrupts in the forecheck, and that confidence to shoot the puck. And, you know, I think that's the, the most important thing for him. That slap shot goal that he scored, you know, for me, 
is 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 just a real sign that he wants to shoot the puck more, and he has a real heavy shot. I don't know how many times we saw early in his career. It was it's just the pace of the game and the yep. speed of the game at the National Hockey League level. He'd fan on that kind of a shot. You know that wrister going down the wing, trying to put that home. He just wouldn't pull that trigger cleanly, and it was just a matter of getting that timing down. But his game's elevated. His speed's elevated. Obviously, the hip problems that he had are, are not a problem anymore with the way he's skating. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't see it, Bob. I did not see this much of an improvement with the Yarby, but it's great to see. He was a highly touted prospect, had to go through some growing pains, and I, I think he's poised for a huge year this year. It's interesting. We've had some people sort of second-guess in town. Oh, you know, his stick's too long or he's got the wrong type of – I always <laughs> sort of yeah. – try to shy away from that stuff and I'll tell you why because I think a player knows what's best for himself some guys yeah. are meticulous even today somebody asked Zach I mean I can't forget I remember who it was in the media about the new I don't know if it's the new green jersey or something that they're wearing a couple times in preseason uh and and Hyman had no response he said he's the last guy that would notice something like that who is the most finicky guy when it came to sticks or 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 I, I this already sounds good I can tell by your reaction or 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 uh, or you know in terms of how sharp the skates needed to be did you have a couple guys that were really notoriously finicky about it well you know what a guy you're going to see tonight uh, Travis Green head coach of the Vancouver Canucks I mean this guy I mean you got to ask him about it he'll laugh because this guy had every trick in the book I mean he showed me how to shave down the top part of the toe of the blade the bottom part of the heel to have a bigger curve in the stick so it would still match the requirements when you put that tool on to measure your blade the curve would still be good enough because it would sink further into the blade I mean, he had so many different little little tricks. He'd shave the front part of the blade, you know, so it was flat. You know, and that that way when you went to reach him with the toe of the of the stick, you could you had more surface area on the ice to kind of pull that puck back and have a stronger stick. But he was pretty finicky with his stick and his equipment. And that was back when they, they called that, that curve more often. So when we went into the playoffs in Phoenix together, you had to make sure that your sticks were legal. You could play typically for that first period, second period with an illegal stick, but come the third period, you better make sure you've got the legal one in your hands because if it got called in a crucial moment, a la Marty McSorley, we all know about that, but you know it was called more often. It was something that teams looked for. They tried to take advantage of it, and you had to be aware of it. But, yeah, Travis Green was a real uh, – he was a wizard with the file in his hand back in the day when we actually used to curve our own sticks and shape them ourselves. It's funny, Louie, you mentioned that. I, I had a really great player once say to me, one of these years we'll get over that, those of us that were on the LA Kings at that time, <laughs> or the McSorley <laughs> yeah. play. Because you're thinking well, you to yourself, Marty McSorley's the guy that's going to get called for that? You know what I'm nah. saying? And Marty was like, hey, he was a top four defenseman for LA that year. He was a oh. real good player, but come on. I man. mean, one of the years he was up, I believe, um, amongst the leaders in ice time. If he wasn't one or two, yeah. he was right up there. Um, so, yeah, I've always said that about Marty. You know, he played the, the tough guy role to a T. He was great at it, but... You know, he he was he was great at other aspects of the game as well. He was just in the fabric of the game. But to be able to play that much in every, any given game and also be a heavyweight fighter in the league, you just don't see that combination anymore. Well, no, you don't see any fighters anymore. There's a couple, I guess. Curtis wrong. I think it's trying to kind of peek its, its head back into the game, and I think the intensity of the, of the games, and we've seen some good scraps in the preseason. I mean, Florida and Tampa went out the other night. Yeah. almost felt like a playoff game, and I think that's going to be signs of things to come in that rivalry. 
And listen, um, I think that the battles in each division will start to pick up again this year when you're seeing teams you haven't seen for a year, potentially almost two years, you haven't seen a team. So there'll, there'll be some renewed from renewed venom, I like to call it, in the games. And that'll See be that like it's a bad thing. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I'm, you know what? Listen, I like intensity. I like the fights for the right reasons. I like them, you know, when they're spur of the moment and it's just, it's a battle royal and it's just, you know, the gloves come off and that type of emotion. Um, if it's retribution, I have no problem with that. If something's done and somebody feels they have to right that ship, that's part of the game still for me. And, I, and you can do it in a number of ways. Physically, you can do it on the scoreboard, you can do it on the power play, but you have to make teams pay that want to try and play that way. And I'm all for it. I'm all for that. And I think that any player, if you asked them, would probably say the same thing. You have to keep things pretty honest out there. I think the players personally, Bob, and I know you've talked about it, I'm, I'm really impressed with how they've been able to take the new rules, especially headshots. You just don't see it that often anymore. It's just, you know, guys will get their head up. They'll avoid that type of a hit if they can. And that's just a respect factor amongst the players. But as we know, it's an intense game, and every once in a while you go over the line and has to be dealt with. We're joined by NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst Louis DeBrus, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Louis, we did an event a couple years ago. That was the last one publicly that I'd done for a long time uh, in the in, in the basement at Roost, Chris. It was awesome. And it was uh, we yeah. did an event last night. Uh, saw a lot of the uh, Oilers uh, corporate partners and uh, a lot of fans that were at a draft last night. It's great to, to get a chance to do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It is. Boy, does it ever seem a long time ago you and I were down there at Ruth Chris's, and that was a great event, too. And, you know, that was right at the start of things to come. So I don't think anybody really had a clue how this was going to grab a hold of the, the world globally. But, yeah, you know what? It's nice to see. It's nice to see fans back in the building. I'm not going to lie. When you're watching the games, I know the players have all spoken about it. Just It, it just brings a whole different dimension in life to the building. And there's nothing like it. There really isn't. I mean, it's it, the fact that they were playing in, in front of empty buildings, really, um, where, you know, I can just – Again, take my hat off to the players to be able to put the intensity in the game they did put forward in those situations because it's not easy. You're, you're manufacturing that yourself where when you're at a, in your home building and you have your team behind you, the emotion comes through, the waves of excitement and noise that come from the fans, and you feed off of that. You feed off of that as a home team. You feed off of that as an away team. It's why you play the game. So I'm hoping that everything continue to go forward and, and people can be safe and We'll see how things start off here, but I'm looking forward to uh, calling games in a building that has fans. Louie, we had Alan May on the show, and he talked about stinky Jim Weimer and the fact <laughs> that he was a hunter, and he used to, and I did not know that hunters did this, that he would rub bear and deer urine on himself <laughs> And often that after practice, he would not shower when they were on the road, and then he'd want to go out hunting. Now, first of all, you are a uh, you're a bow hunter, is that correct? I'm a bow hunter, yeah. Okay. I have rifle hunted too. Okay. Have I you? Go do occasionally. Louis, be honest with us. Have you ever rubbed either beer? Oh, sorry, beer. Well, <laughs> we've all done that. Deer or bear urine on yourself. <laughs> 
Yes, I have. Not bare, but I have deer urine on my shoes when I walk into my stand to try and mimic the fact that I'm a deer and not a human being because their scent is that good. Okay. Uh, but also fox urine. Fox urine is, is another one that's used to, to cover your scent. You know, it's to kind of disguise yourself going in there. I mean, we think it works, but I'm not really sure if it does or not, but there's no question any advantage you can have to try and fool their noses, which is impeccable. It's amazing. Their hearing, their sight, um, they're at the advantage. Trust me, Bob. We, we fail way more often than not in the hunting world, but that's, that's the beauty of it is that it's really challenging to get that close to an animal. But, yes, you do use that for your cover scent, and uh, I'm not going to lie to you, it doesn't go away. It stays forever. So I can understand what I'm saying. Yeah, my family doesn't like it too much. I have to undress in the garage before I come into the house and it's right to the shower. Louis, whose job is it to collect said uh, deer, fox, or bear urine? Like, where does a guy it's get a job business. doing that? It's big business, man. I'm telling you. It's, you go into the stores, into the Canadian Tire, or the sporting goods store, Cabela's. Cabela's, you know, a yes. Lot of it. Yeah, they have a ton of it. I mean, it's... Uh, it's big business. It's 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 not uh, something that only a few people do. It's very common to do it. And like I said, the number one objective of the game is to try and fool their nose, is, is to try and make sure you're playing the wins properly, but also fooling their nose. And, yeah, I can see that. There's no question if uh, Weimer was putting, <laughs> putting that stuff on anywhere around skates, you would smell it. It's, it's, just, it's impossible not to. And it's not, not a good smell. I can tell you that right now. Was there any uh, – so – I mean, Al May was referencing, obviously, uh, Jim Weimer. We were talking about Jim because I had once written in the Edmonton Sun that uh, my concern for Alex Plon is he, that he had the foot speed of Jim Weimer. Uh, and that was the genesis of the conversation. Do you recall any guys that were, uh, you know, had some unique uh, approaches to personal hygiene and lifestyle choices amongst your former teammates? You know, and... <clears throat> Listen, we all we all loved our pastas and our spaghettis, and you know, like that's kind of what we'd eat the night before the game: chicken parm, all that. But with that comes a heavy dose of garlic. And I'll tell you what: I remember grabbing hold of uh, tussling with um, Stu Grimson one night, and uh, <laughs> he, it was like I don't know if he put clothes in his mouth right before the game and chewed on them just to have that breath. But I was like, holy! It was like a wall of it. You probably won't be happy with the saying that, but I'm sure mine was the same way to somebody else down the road because it was just a diet that you ate. But, yeah, garlic. Um, as far as bad halitosis, I mean, yeah, no, I, I no, haven't. Oh, we don't. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. I don't remember anybody that was, uh, you know, over the top on a regular basis anyway. But, yeah, the garlic breast from Stu, I do remember that, and I'm sure you probably won't deny it. I'm, I'm not exactly a clothes horse. I mean, I wear dark suits, blue and black it works best and it, it you know it, it helps well it, obviously not helping too much but it it gets the weight down a little uh did you guys have any or there a couple flashier dressers along the way when you played <laughs> yeah there was a few but you know when you said that the one guy for me and i'm sure you know guys that played with the mullet test sean podine the one year he had this road suit he had a road suit that he wore on the road and we would get him to do the demonstration all the time. He would take water and he would pour it on this suit and then he would just wipe it off. And it was like it had some sort of a, you know, scotch dart, whatever that stuff was, that some sort of a barrier where 
liquid wouldn't go through it, and it was the perfect road suit, and he wore it every road trip, and we would always get him to do that. So when you said that, that came to mind. He was obviously not one of the guys that was one of the better dressers, but yeah, no, you know what? There's there were some guys that liked to dress up and and really come in uh, top notch. I mean, playing at Edmonton, I think most of the guys dressed really well. Slats was really uh, pro that he wanted the guys to look good. Sammy Abu Hassan, one of the best in the business. I used to get suits from him, and I think everybody did on the Oilers at that time. And guys still do today. You know, they just makes good suits. You feel good. You play good was the, was the motto, I think, that Slats wanted to put forward. And you're also representing. You're representing the Oilers. You're representing the NHL. And I know there's a couple teams that are starting to get a little more lax in that dress code, and um, that's their their prerogative. But I think if you ask most guys, when you dress up in your suit and you get ready to come to the rink, that means it's game time and it's ready to yes, go. Yes, I agree. And it's interesting. Arizona's one of the teams doing that. Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Louis, David Pasternak, one of Jake's teammates. Yeah. One of the best dressed players in the He's NHL. He's got a flair, yeah. He loves, to, he loves to push the limits and try different things. And, you know, that's great. You know, P.K. Subban, you know, he's always been known to be a real dresser. You know, listen, guys have uh, their own kind of style, and uh, there's no better way to kind of put it forward than when you come in, the camera's on you for the entrances. And, you know, some guys, you know, do it more than others. Other guys just put the suit on. They're all nice suits, and they don't take as much of a, an interest in it, but to each their own, I guess. And I used to like dressing. Right? To be honest with you, Bob, I, I used to like getting nice suits. I don't like wearing a suit any other time, to be honest, only when it's work time, and then it goes right back in the closet. That's just the way I am. But when the suit is on, you do feel good in a nice suit. Well, one thing you can't afford to do is cross-contaminate from the uh, deer urine and the fox yeah. urine on all those suits. you got to be careful. i got to keep that to a minimum. I don't think anybody want to be in the booth with me if I had that stuff on me. All right. Uh, very quickly, uh, uh, just a thought to Duncan Keith. He's, you know, we're going to see him again tonight. Um, yep. This is a, this is a, an important player for Edmonton. The trade was uh, ridiculed by a lot of the analytics space, younger writers out there that maybe don't see value in certain intangibles. You've been in NHL dressing rooms. The Oilers, the Oilers, Louis, have had the sixth best record in the NHL since uh, basically January of 2020. So the last year and a half of NHL regular mm-hmm. season games, it hasn't you know, come to fruition for them in the playoffs. What can the impact of a guy like Duncan Keith, a two-time Norris Trophy winner who's won three Stanley Cups, has played 25 minutes a game, in his NHL career, he's probably only going to play 20 to 21 minutes a game at Edmonton. What sort of impact can a guy like that have just in terms of having a guy that's had that success um, and been a terrific player for a long time? Well, that's just it. You, you hit the nail right in the head. The next step for this team is to find a way to dig in and have success in the playoffs. And I think anytime you can bring in somebody like Duncan Keith, and I said this before, I know he's not the young Duncan Keith we saw back in his first eight seasons and, you know, that type of a player, but he's still got a ton of game to give. He still has the mentality of, of how to play the game, and he also knows how to manage his game. Listen, his first game, I'll admit, you know, he ran around a little bit. Sure. He's trying to get his feet wet. He's starting to, you know, he's trying to find his game after not really participating in anything else coming into training camp, which there's not many guys that can do that, but he is one of the guys that can. But it's going to take him a little bit to catch up, get used to the system, get used to the guys he's playing with. I'm not worried about him. I'm truly not. And, you know, maybe I'm old school and thinking that way. This guy's been to enough training camp 
rehabs and got himself in shape enough times that he knows how to figure it out and peak at the right time. He'll have a little break before next Wednesday's home opener against Vancouver, and he's going to be totally fine. Um, but yes, I think that impact is crucial, and I think that's why Ken Holland recognized that, went out and bolstered up, you know, getting a couple veteran players that he felt he could inject right into the lineup. You know, Cody is another guy that's figuring out the system here and, and, and feeling things through, but you know, when I look at the team, that's the one area that we will be keeping an eye on heading into the season. You know, how those pairs mix, how a young Evan Bouchard potentially comes in, and what type of an impact he has, how can Duncan Keith come in and stabilize that back end as well. When you lose a player like Adam Larson, you know, taken out of your lineup, that's a physicality and an aggressiveness that's taken out. Can Cody CC fill that? I like parts of this game the other night where I felt he was a little more physical, a little more aggressive, especially late in the third when the team came back and had the lead and he was defending. He started to be a little more physical and aggressive in front of the net. He's a big guy, great skater. So I think it's just a mentality. It's just about doing it that way. And I, and I liked a couple of things, especially aggressive plays behind his net that I saw, just just pinching off the cycle, making sure it was ended, moving a puck to somebody, keeping it simple. Those are the heavy plays you have to have, especially in crucial times in the game. But like I said before, I think I think adding Duncan Keith to the mix, I just think inside the dressing room too, Bob. You know what it's like talking to a guy like him that's had the success that he's had. You don't get rattled in situations. You get calm. You know how to work through them. And I think that'll rub off on the younger players in the team. Awesome stuff, Louie. Much appreciated. We're stoked that you're back for another year. Thank you for joining us in Oilers now. Sounds good, Bob. Looking forward to the year, bud. All right. It's 1254 at Edmonton. When we return, we'll get to the Oilers now injury report. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. For James H. Brown, injury lawyers, and I'll bay off some texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. 1254 in Edmonton, this is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Zach Cassian tonight on the line with Derek Ryan and Warren Fogle. The Oilers will load up McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Pulley-Arby, R&H with Hyman and Turris, and McLeod with Benson and Sevier. Nurse and Barry, Keith and CC, Russell and Bouchard, Smith starts in goal. He'll oppose Yaroslav Halak. A matchups of uh, number 41s in between the pipes. As promised, into the Oilers now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Saw Trent Brown last night. Again, probably for me, best Golden Bears football graduate over the last. 35 years. Here's Brendan Escott with the injury report. Well, Kyler Yamamoto will not factor in tonight, nor this weekend. He's got an upper body issue after that game against Calgary. Senators forward Colin White had shoulder surgery. He'll miss four to six months. Habs defenseman Joel Edmondson, he's out two to three weeks. An undisclosed problem there. Ryan Reeves left the Rangers game last night after falling awkwardly on his left leg. They'll update the, the injury later on today, it looks like. Quinton Byfield fractured his ankle. He is out indefinitely. And Jared Bednar, he's in Colorado, or um, COVID protocol, sorry, for Colorado. Uh, so he will not be in for the next two games. They also just lost Pavel Francouz and Net for uh, three to four weeks. I think that's a lower body issue there, Bob. 
All right. Uh, quick couple texts here. Uh, this one comes in from Big Rig Butcher in Brandon. What a handle. Had a bottle of dough urine leak in my pocket one year. My truck stank for months. I put it on my boots. Anybody that rubs it all over is a little too hardcore for me. I, I would tend to agree. Um, that said, we do have three cats in our household. And we have three cat boxes in our household. And they took over the bonus room in our house, which is above our garage, which used to otherwise be known as Bob's TV room. So there's uh, two cat condos. There's about 12 to 14 cat photos because my wife wanted to have a little bit of fun and have like cats playing cards and cats getting married. And anyhow, I think you're getting the hint where this is going. Has a very unique smell at times. This text comes from Steve. He says, Bob, they say you've added a tan suit to your broadcasting wardrobe this season. Can you either confirm or deny this? I can categorically deny that unless I lose about 30 pounds or two chins, there is no chance I'm wearing a tan suit. Don't you know, You what's the old saying? You don't wear white or beige after Labor Day? Come on, Steve. You of all people should know that. All right. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, uh, Carey Price out for at least the the short term in Montreal. Montreal-based media personality, Edmonton sporting icon George LaRocque when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.